The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I feel like I should be doing this show today, Aaron, with a hard hat on. I'm kind of in a construction zone over here, in the hallway, in my studio. I've got stud finders and levels and drills and drill bits. Yeah. I feel at home here. There's a lot going on. Shall we tell the people why? Sure. Uh, it's taken me a year here at The Answer to find out who has the power. You know, whenever you work somewhere, you find out who has the power. I found out that the person who has the power, the person who gets things done, is not in our building. He's only been in our building once. The person who has the power is Hugh Hewitt. Do you notice how things move around here when Hugh Hewitt comes to town? Yeah, well, there's there's all kinds of things going on that I can't talk about. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. But they're all Do exciting. I know them? Do I know them? Mm, I think I don't think I part. know them. I don't think I know them. I know about Tuesday. Can I tell them about Tuesday? Sure. Okay, so Tuesday. The reason why we have a construction zone here at The Answer right now with uh, drill bits and levels and marks on the wall and hammers, lots of guy things, is because Tuesday I'll be honored to host the Hugh Hewitt Show. Uh, nationally, 6 to 9 a.m. So I'll get back to my morning radio roots on Tuesday. And I'm looking forward to that. Honored to be asked. And um, I'll still do the show from 11 to 1. So you'll get, I don't know, what will they get, Aaron? Will they get a more awake, more prepared Bruce Hooley? Or will they get a sleepier Bruce Hooley after getting up at, Three or four in the morning to do the show from six to nine. I don't know. Guess you have to find out the five hour marathon. Five hour marathon, yes, with a two hour break in between. Well, I do know what we could get in 2024 in the presidential election. After the results of last night, where Biden, who won in Virginia by 10 points a year ago, and New Jersey, where he won by 16 a year ago. Losing last night, Democrat Terry McAuliffe to Glenn Youngkin. Losing. And Phil Murphy, the COVID-scared governor of New Jersey, locked in a dead heat in New Jersey this morning. Democrats scrambling to find more mail-in ballots to put Phil Murphy over the top. The Democratic agenda, it's not dead. It's not dead because... They still have the ability to enact the Break America Forever plan. But hopefully, now, nervous Nelly Democrats who don't want to be voted out of office, and many have been targeted and more will be targeted in light of last night, they see the handwriting on the wall. Which reminds me of the uh, place where that phrase comes from. Aaron, do you know where the phrase handwriting is on the wall, where that comes from. I do not. That comes from the book of Daniel in the Bible, where a king was uh, feeling a high, having a high old time and decided he would have a party and he would bring out the gold goblets that were taken from uh, King David's temple. Uh, not King David's temple, from, from the Lord's temple, from the temple that uh, Solomon built. And uh, while they were having a high old time drinking out of the goblets, a hand appeared and wrote on the wall. And the writing on the wall said, I believe I have this correct, 
Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parsin. Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parsin. And he sent for Daniel, and he said, what does that mean? And Daniel said, you've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. In other words, you've screwed up. You've angered God. So the writing on the wall here for the Democrats is that they've screwed up prioritizing open borders, spending, 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 taxing, 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 taxing. The writing is on the wall. They're going to face a bloodbath in the 2022 midterms if they keep doing what they're doing. And the good news for us as Republicans is they kind of have to sort of keep doing what they're doing because, A, they're zealots. They're true believers. You couldn't talk me off my faith in Christ as my Lord and Savior, nor will you talk AOC and the squad off their allegiance to free everything, socialist everything, Marxist everything, America stinks. That's their religion. You will not talk them out of it. So that's not going to change. And in some respects, it can't change because they not only believe that the climate and white supremacy are existential threats, they believe it. It's their faith. They also are surrounded by other zealots who believe the exact same thing. Van Jones made this point last night on CNN. Uh, Van Jones, giving us his Captain Obvious impression, talked about the shock of watching Terry McAuliffe uh, experience a come-from-ahead loss in Virginia. Do you think Van Jones, Nicole Wallace... Brianna Keeler, any of these wokesters, do you think when a night like last night happens, do you think any of them flash back? When have I felt this way before? Oh, I remember the 2016 presidential election when I was positive Hillary was going to be elected. And she wasn't. And we had to explain. And we had to confess. You know what? I don't know a single person who would vote Republican. That is a dangerous place to live, my friend. I do not want to live my own life not having anyone who thinks differently than I do. Because having my beliefs challenged hones my beliefs and makes me examine my beliefs on merit. And if they don't stack up to the light of day, then I will... Resolve through prayer, contemplation, analysis, assessment, whether I should adopt a new position. But Democrats don't do that. No, they surround themselves only with people who believe what they believe and tell them what they want to hear. And that is why they get stuck in a situation every five years or so where Van Jones has to say something like this. I think that the Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize that are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds when we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber. Really? Annoying, offensive, and out of touch. What could be annoying, offensive, or out of touch about, I don't know, Maxine Waters saying, 
You go get them. If they're filling up their car with gas, you go get in their face. What could be offensive about throwing Sarah Sanders out of the restaurant in Virginia? What could be out of touch about canceling Dr. Seuss books? Yes, what could possibly be annoying, offensive, or out of touch about that? Loudoun County, Virginia last night. If you think these people aren't true believers, Loudoun County, Virginia, where a freshman girl in high school was raped in a school bathroom by a boy who was allowed to be in the bathroom because he was wearing a skirt and said he was a girl, in that county where that happened in May, and in June the superintendent, Scott Ziegler, of the Loudoun County Schools, sat up in front of a school board meeting while they were adopting transgender policies that would allow more boys in skirts to go into girls' restrooms. A month after one was raped by such a boy, Scott Ziegler, the superintendent, sat there and said, we don't have any sexual assaults in any of our bathrooms. We don't know anything about any of that. And last night, Loudoun County, Virginia, still voted for Terry McAuliffe. 54 to 45. After Barack Obama went in there and wagged his finger at everybody and called a high school girl being raped in a restroom by a boy wearing a skirt a phony culture war. So if you don't think these people are true believers, they are true believers. They are committed believers. And that's why they're not going to back away from this, which is good for us. They also can't back away because to back away, they would lose their teachers' union support, their SEIU support. They would lose their union support. They would lose too much support, and they don't have any positions that appeal to mainstream people, suburban moms, and even, you know, smart people in the inner city who are finally getting fed up with being denied charter schools. What is wrong with you, city of Columbus? You put three people on the city of Columbus school board who are against charter schools, and more than 2,000 of you have kids on the waiting list at KIPP. Who do you think is keeping your kids out of KIPP? It's not, it's not me. It's not Republicans in the Ohio General Assembly. It's not Governor Mike DeWine. Who do you think's keeping them out? You voted James Raglan off the Columbus City School Board, a guy who stands up for charter schools, and Now you're going to gripe about your schools while 2,000 of you can't get into KIPP and you put people on the school board and on city council who are going to keep your kids from having charter school options. It's hard for me to feel sorry for you collectively when you make those kinds of decisions. But you're making them because that's your religion. I get it. Oh, there's a D. I got to vote for him. He's done so much for me before. He's enslaved me to welfare. He's kept my kids out of charter schools. <laughs> he's he's brought me a record murder rate every year. I can count on that. Yeah, boy, that D, that's working for you, isn't it? So they're not going to back away from these policies because it is their religion. We on the Republican side cannot allow Donald Trump to be our savior. Don't tune me out. I love Trump's policies. I don't even mind the person that much. Pray for him. Hope he gets saved. He really needs it. 
But I'll tell you next how Glenn Youngkin showed the template to win that proves we don't need Donald Trump to be our savior. It's the Bruce Hooley Show. So as I watched Glenn Youngkin win in Virginia last night, and I saw that same motivation, momentum, that served Youngkin, the message, schools, authentic American history, American you know, exceptionalism, meritocracy, the values that made America great, the values that Donald Trump talked about on Make America Great Again. I realize that we have a real opportunity to turn our country back away from this disastrous path we're on. Uh, We're in a bad period of time. I lived through the Carter years, and I understand how debilitating inflation is um, right now. Um, It hits me right in the face every time I fill my car up with gas. It hits you in the face, too. Normally, I used to be able to fill up my Tank for $25. Now it's the other day, first time ever, $40. $40. That's $15 a fill up. I'm filling up eh, six times a month. That hurts. That hurts. My salary's not going up. So you're in the same boat. You get it. And I think we thought, all right, maybe. Uh, Maybe Donald Trump will win again. Maybe he'll run again. Maybe he'll be able to touch people and motivate people to get out like in 2016. And maybe Biden will be a bad candidate or maybe Kamala is a bad candidate like Hillary. And sure, Trump will wake up the crazies who hate him and wigged out when he came down the escalator and announced it. But man, if we win, it's going to be so tight. We don't have to win tight in 2024. Unless we screw up the momentum we got last night as Republicans, as conservatives, we're going to win big in 2022. We're going to take back the House. They were talking last night that you might have a turn of 50 House seats in 2022. The Senate will get control of that. Even if we get control of just the House, we can't, they can't fund anything without the House. All right, so, but what about the presidency? Trump, in some polls, remains this gargantuan figure. Now, look, this is not a criticism of Trump the president. Trump's policies were phenomenal. I have these knuckleheads who say to me, oh, look how far the Republicans have sunk. They esteem Donald Trump. Well, I esteem the results of Donald Trump. I like high employment. I like secure borders. I like moderately priced gas. I like energy independence. I like people being afraid of us on the world stage. I like all those things. All those things are good. So I like Trump, the policymaker. Trump, the man, he didn't offend me. But I get that he's not perfect for polite company. Well, now there's an opportunity, if he'll listen to reason, for him to be credited with reviving conservatism. He can be a modern-day Reagan if he decides not to serve two terms. If he becomes President Emeritus, still can have a platform, still can talk, still can move the mountain, move the needle, but not in office. And here's the reason why he can't be in office. Because if he runs 
The quote I've attributed to this awakening among parents that got both my candidates and Jonathan Alder elected, that got one of my two in UA elected, got both my candidates in Southwestern elected, two of my three in Hilliard elected. The quote I've said that applies to parents is that quote from the Japanese admirable admiral after Pearl Harbor, and they're all exulting in their successes, sinking all our ships and blowing up all our planes. And he said, I fear all we've done is awaken a sleeping giant and filled him with a terrible resolve. That's working for us right now. If Donald Trump runs for president again, that works against us because him running again will awaken a sleeping giant, suburban moms, people on the fence, independents, and fill them with a terrible resolve to say, no, 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 no. You lost me, Republicans. You can't find anybody else. And now I get why Democrats have to run Kamala, okay? I get why they do. Or Joe, (laughs) please run him. How many times will he fall asleep during a presidential debate? They have to. Who's on their bench? Put me in, coach. You can put a, a, hey, yeah, you, you. Ocasio-Cortez, in. Go, 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 go. You, Tlaib. You, Presley. You, Bush, Cory Bush, go, 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 go. Get out there. No, no chance. Tim Ryan, crazy screaming Tim Ryan. They have no bench. The Republican bench? Are you kidding? Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley, Nikki Haley, even though she's a squish and I don't care for her, Christy Nome, Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis. Need I go on? I mean, we got a deep bench. We don't need Donald Trump to run as a candidate. And I hope people can get in his head and help him understand that. Because Glenn Youngkin won by running as Glenn Youngkin. He didn't have Trump come in and campaign for him and appear with him. Terry McAuliffe had no message. Terry McAuliffe's message was, vote for me. Black Virginia, because look, I'm friends with Barack Obama. I'm friends with James Clyburn. I'm friends with Kamala Harris. Black people like me, you should vote for me. That's Terry McAuliffe's message. He couldn't run from his anti-parent message because then he'd lose the teachers union. Glenn Youngkin said, I don't need Trump to come in here and campaign for me. I'm going to run on education. I'm going to cut the 2% grocery tax. People mocked him for that. 2% grocery tax? That's 2 bucks pretty much every time you buy a decent amount of groceries. For a week, $2 a week, it's okay, 8 10 bucks a month. It's 120 bucks a year. Who wouldn't take that? At this rate, that's three tanks of gas for me. So we can win on issues, on merit, on smarts. We don't have to win on personality. And we shouldn't try. So that's what I hope the Republicans figure out.